they're all the same thing. And this is where I, uh, I this is why go for the jugular. I take you down. We don't have rules in this, Brandana. How can I discern? A, how can I discern a, 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 a dog turd against a cat turd? They're both piles of shit. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 15 of the Most Awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. Oh, and we have a monster show for you today. I'm, I'm looking at you, Most Awesome. You can't even contain yourself. You ready I'm, to get at it? I'm ready to, I'm ready to destroy it. Get at him. This is get a, at this him. Is an, I saw a cinnamon for di- or a cinnamon, a c- synonym for two, or, two weeks in a row, screwing up word right off the top. I like it. <laughs> no, let's get it, yeah. Explosive. Thank you. So okay. I'm ready for an explosive yeah. pod. An explosive pod. I, I did. Uh, I've been. I can grow too as a person, and if that requires like hitting a little bit of a thesaurus sometimes to get away from dynamite. There, we did say dynamite though. We exactly. said dynamite. This is like now four times in the first minute. So it's an officially an MAB Sports podcast. It is because we it said is. the word dynamite, and you heard it. Uh, we have. Uh, yeah, you can find us on iTunes. Search MAB Sports. Uh, subscribe. I know you guys have been. Please let people know. Uh, we're grown. Some leave five stars. Uh, tell a friend. Subscribe. You can email us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, what's been going with your week, bro? What's been happening? Oh, Tree Watch has been on Reddit. Tree alert. Watch! Oh, what, a bunch, of Maver- a bunch of Mavers didn't show up with handsaws to just take care of that for I know, you? exactly. That's <laughs> kind of what I was hoping. I was like, it would yeah. be a community effort here. It's not what happened. I ended up having to pay a substantial amount of money. To Oof. have Tree Watch removed. I tried to pay Oof. Tommy's Treescapes and Mab Dollars and, and Podcast Plugs. <laughs> no, no, no. He was like, I can't feed my kids on pod. I was like, but yeah, you can enrich what? their souls. <laughs> it would be a little terrifying, though, if we did drop that for the last two episodes and then some strangers did just show up, like, kind of purge style with just some saws, like, ready to go <laughs> right. after your tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, the masks would have been a dead giveaway. That would have been a creepy little thing. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, we have a monster show. Here's kind of the rundown of what we're doing for our big episode 15. We're going to do Rip from the Headlines. We're doing Calling Your Shot. Mm-hmm. We're doing the Neapolitan Showdown. Worst Wedding Songs. That's right. It's going to, it's going to be a blast. It's a sleeper. That's going to be a really good time. Uh, we're introducing a new segment that I know most awesome and I are very excited to share with you guys. It's, uh, it's date night. Little MAB date night. Exactly. We're that. Cut it uh, up. We've got hit. some popcorn just ready to you know, <laughs> we snuggle. We do. It's a little bottle of wine. It's just like, you know, we have to catch up every once in a while off air also. Exactly. Uh, we're going to hit the gambling corner, taking care of the NFC South, which I know we've been promising. We're yep. going to dive in on that. Then we'll do our MVP and close, as we always do, with our 60-second tale from the frat. Let's go. <laughs> Bring the jam. Extra, extra. Read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right. Ripped from the headlines. We're doing Calling Your Shot. Uh, what are we doing this, brother? Well, we're doing this because a couple, uh, couple athletes out there, they, they, they put their name on it. And they, they stood behind their product, and they, they called their shot. We were talking about Melvin Ingram with the Los Angeles Chargers. 
uh, early in the uh, in the preseason here, calling for a, a Super Bowl victory. And then at the same time, in another sport, the NBA, DeAndre Ayton basically guaranteed that he is going to go number one. So he's not even going to work out for any other teams other than the Phoenix Suns. So it got it got it got the got the thoughts uh, percolating as to what other great called shots have been out there in the past. All right, brother. Uh, yeah. So, what do you got for us? What I got is Moses Malone. Uh, back in the '83 playoffs of the NBA, the NBA playoffs at the start of it, a reporter mm-hmm. asked him, "How do you think this is going to shake out for you, Moses?" And he basically said, "Fo, fo, fo," meaning that. <laughs> Each round, they're going to sweep their opponents and sweep their way to an NBA championship. Back then, it was only three rounds. Uh, and he was almost right. He almost called a shot exactly on. They swept the first round in four games, second round in four games. Championship, they won it in five games. So Moses is my first Pretty round. close. Yeah. Pretty close. And I love it because I love that he just backed it up. And it was just like, it, it became like a great little, you know, it's not Joe Namath. Right, it, or 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 uh, or some of the other great predictions that have been out there, but it was it was a pretty good one. Yeah, we we knew what he meant. I have uh, I think my first one out of here. I'm going to go with it's a feel good one. Um, David Ortiz promises a homer in 2016 to uh, a five year old Maverick uh, shoot. He had a, he had a heart defect, and he basically uh, an old teammate of Ortiz like brought up this video and there's like the kid was a big fan and on the video thing like Ortiz just like uh um I'm gonna hit a homer for you today and he did that in 2016 right. and then he got a video back uh the kid was like you never let me down you're the best player ever uh trying to get to Fenway Park and meet you great homer we saw this and it's just uh I don't know I, I like you know you always hear about kind of those cliche stories of you know the the athletes walking in like promising the homer or right. everything and just like they hear a story of like one being pulled off and like from all like I'm not a huge Red Sox fan but Ortiz seems to be a pretty decent it's not the first time he did it he did it for like a girl in Connecticut also like this promising homers and then delivering is, is pretty wild yeah that's great that's real sweet uh, next one I have is not as sweet I'm talking about, I'm talking so, about switching gears switching here gears real quickly talking about Dan Gilbert the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron spurred them to go to the, the heat uh, after the decision he penned a famous letter reposted on the website and one of the lines is that he guaranteed that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win an NBA title before the self-titled titled former King wins one and uh, he didn't do that. LeBron went on to win it uh, two years after, and the Cavs were terrible while LeBron was gone. Um, and he didn't win one until LeBron came no. back. <laughs> yeah, the Cavs eventually did win a championship. Right. It was with LeBron. LeBron yeah. That, I'm kind of funny. Do you think that letter ever – like, why burn that bridge? Like – Kind of the writing was on the wall. Like, didn't wasn't there always a feeling like LeBron's gonna go grab a couple with his friends, even when he did the decision, which is like maybe one of the biggest like bonehead, just kind of publicity things ever. Right. But the feeling was like he would eventually come back to Cleveland, I, right? Like that was kind of the. I think and that it's might almost be, like you. Yeah, you I think that might that. be a little re- was that, revisionist history. Revisionist honestly. history. Yeah. Okay. I think that's right. one of those things. Like we we think about it now because it makes sense because he wrote the thing like I'm coming back home. But there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes between – because, I mean, I think there was always a little bit of 
thinking about that because he has a marketing firm that stayed in Cleveland, like all those guys like Maverick Carter and all those guys that are from Akron stayed back in Cleveland. I think he still had a house in Cleveland. So, yeah, there was always some maybe he would come back, but there are plenty of athletes that live other places. Um, I do know there was a bit of fence mending that needed to happen between him and Gilbert uh, before he came back to the Cavs. So there took a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff before he, he needed to do it. Ultimately, I think LeBron is a wiser person from a from an understanding of his global brand and understand that if he could come back and bring a title to Cleveland, that he would kind of live forever in you know fame in, yeah. in the eyes of Cleveland, and which he did that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Good poll. I forgot about that letter. Yeah. That's a good one. I've... Uh, this one's very recent. All right. And fuck the Eagles. <laughs> and we we even did, like, one of our first Neapolitan showdown. I think before we called it the Neapolitan showdown was, like, yeah. just, like, shitty things about Philadelphia or something. Right, <laughs> yeah. We got so. the garbage dump that is Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, obviously, no love lost between the MAB Sports Podcast and Philadelphia. Right. But I do have to hats off... Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, other players, but I pulled out Malcolm Jenkins specifically. Uh, it's not a crazy quote. It's everything we've done all year. This is before uh, week going in the Super Bowl. Everything we've done all year prepared us for this moment. Uh, we're more confident than ever that we're not just going to the Super Bowl to feel good about making it. We're going to win. That's everybody's mentality on this team. And I know like Alshon Jeffrey came out with a quote that was a little bit more uh, on the nose on like we're going to win. The reason I bring this up is because it kind of seemed for like the entire league that the – the Patriots over the last like six years have changed the way other teams interact with each other and they're kind of the golden child and like one of the biggest like unspoken rules is you don't give the Patriots bulletin board material right and like going to the Super Bowl for like a Philadelphia team that had never won a Super Bowl like to kind of cast that aside and just kind of go for it and we're looking over there the Eagles haven't won a Super Bowl right is that what you're checking I'm I'm, I'm Uh, going through the hard drive I think they won one with Dick Vermeil. Dick, oh, was it Dick Vermeil? And was that the striker with uh, Jaws? Uh, Jaworski, somewhere like the in there. Replacement yeah, players? I think you might be right. I'm checking right okay. now. Anyways, but I, I like well, we keep going. Don't don't half let me stop your throat by by by, by figuring <laughs> no, it out. That's funny. I, I didn't even write down that. Uh, I'm gonna have to drink. Old talent showing up. The old Brandana again. Great. That's what we're always here for. Uh, yeah, so it was just like I, I just I, I like their confidence. It, it seemed to stay consistent with the team they were all year, and also losing their starting quarterback. Uh, I think that's a little bit of rallying behind Nick Foles. Also, like you can do this job. Like we we came here to get this done, and we're going to get it done. I liked it. Yeah, I like it. That's a good one, uh, and it and it's so true too because it's like of all like I think everyone wants to not give the Patriots any any. Uh, bulletin board material and there was a defensive back from the Steelers that did something like that in that uh, in that undefeated season run where he claimed that they were going to win guaranteed it and yeah they just got drilled um, then uh, but yeah like the like Tom Brady is like the guy that you definitely don't want to to give any kind of edge right same thing with like yeah. Jordan you just never want to ever give them any any little bit of juice to go after you 
yeah, it, it seemed like it would have been super easy and the right play for them to just be like, it's just good to be here, you know, like, we, we want to make the fans excited, like, we're, uh, you know, we've had a great season, like, we're going to keep pushing and, like, you know, the quote-unquote, like, God willing, we'll come out with a victory, but just to be like, no, we're, we're going to win. That's what's going to happen. Beautiful. And I have to drink because you're right. I'm looking at it right now. Just one Super Bowl championship. It's 2017. And all you Mavers out there, you have a drink too. This rarely happens. Ooh, this is going to be in a highlight. I know. I'm, I'm making a I know. I was trying to think of the end credits from, from Invincible, and I was like, I thought that they said that they won one. I couldn't remember. You remember that, that Mark Wahlberg movie where it comes on as a walk-on? I actually didn't see it. I do remember, like, Vermeil kind of getting like hoisted up and everything and like crying but that was with the rams right yeah oh yeah well he, he cries all the time dick vermeil <laughs> he does cry all the time but like kind of a hoisted cry yes uh, maybe yes every time exactly carried out the field kind of rudy-esque um yeah so I, i'm gonna stay with the football i got another one here for you i'm talking about my boy matt hasselbeck uh 2003 playoffs i don't know if you remember this he was going against his former team the green bay packers uh, in a wild card game, and it went into overtime. And in the playoffs, they filmed the coin flip at the at the overtime. Seahawks won the 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 flip, and he goes, "We want the ball, and we're gonna oh, score." Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh man, great pull, great pull. I do remember that. Yes. Oh. And then wow, he infamously. Then, like, two plays later, after they kick off, they run the ball, he throws the ball, he throws a pick six, and they lose <laughs> the game. Like, it's, like, it's just great. Yeah, sometimes shit like that happens, you're just like, man, you're jinxing yourself. Like, it's not going to happen. Because yeah. you don't ever hear that, and, like, overtime is a little bit of coin flip on itself, but, you know, like, the percentage before they did, like, you could match a field goal with right. that, which wasn't the case back then. Like, you kick a field goal in overtime and win. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the probability was. It probably had to be, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but, like, you know, 70%, if you win the coin flip, you're going to win the overtime game. Mm, and just, just to let be... Let me check on you that. You think that's high? No, I'll let it go. <laughs> you know, let that one... Yeah. I think that's pretty... De- yeah. I know that sad exists. Let's make a note on that. I do want to look that up. Yeah, you know, I think you're pretty close on that. But, yeah, that was when it was sudden death. So, it was, like, basically whoever won the flip... That yeah. was it. They're they're if they kicked they, the field they goal, had they had a game what like just like thirty five yards or something, and then it would just like run that guy up the middle, and then maybe like when you're finally held to like a third down on that, you just kick the field goal in the game. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what do you got? You got anything good. else? Uh, I got one last thing. I went super classic. Uh, the reason I went super classic is because it's it's kind of when you bring up calling your shot, it's what we go back to, and Which, I just wanted to drop. Um, yep, exactly. Uh, you can't see right now, but most awesome is calling his shot, pointing exactly. right in the center field for this podcast because we're knocking it out of the park. That's right. I'm talking um, Babe Ruth. The reason I'm bringing this up, everyone knows it exists. Like, this isn't a surprise. I do want to just refresh. There's a, there's a couple interesting things in this stat, and I'll quickly, like, get through it. I know we're up against it. Up against it, bro? Up against it. Hashtag. Oh, maybe we're, we're going to introduce our up against it jam. Just oh. like a quick little jam that comes in. <laughs> uh, so it's... Uh, Game three of the 1932 World Series was the fifth inning. Uh, during the so during at the bat, the at bat, uh, he did point to the stance. Uh, it's still no one can specifically say like what it was for, like, but there is film evidence that he was pointing the bat to center field. Right. And then on the very next pitch, he hits a home run, and it was his last postseason home run ever. 
Really? Oh, I didn't know that. That's fact. interesting. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, uh, yeah. ba- ba- Babe Ruth, uh, most awesome. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, friend of the podcast. Uh, he is. <laughs> yeah, Babe Ruth. He, his uh, his spirit loves what is, we're doing here. Okay, very good. Loves what we're doing here. A lot of, but but and the good thing is, is he he doesn't really get on the Mavi Hour too much. He's been figured out technology. So <laughs> he hasn't. Oh man, he'd he'd still put us under with like those nickel beers or however much they were back then. Right. Yeah, he'd freak out. His... He'd be like, a beer is eight dollars? Are you kidding me? What am I buying a car? <laughs> I uh, got some constellation bracket for us, bro. Are you good? No, I kept it tight because I knew we would be up against it before, it, so, so I kept it lean and tight. Oh, so proud of you. Okay, well, let's get it. Uh, let's go into the showdown. Bring it to the jam. Hit him with some jams. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just Neapolitan Showdown. We ain't talking ice cream today, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We're talking festivities. We're talking wedding. We're talking a little party. Little party. Little party come. A lot of your friends around. You know, a lot of people going on. There's something to celebrate. Celebrate. Maybe that song will come up later. Oh. We don't know. Because oh, we're Jesus. talking worst wedding songs ever. I have so, very strong feelings about this. I do. You know what's funny is when we were doing our uh, our pre-bro, like, it's uh, little nomabbers out there. Like, the fact is, like, we don't... People think, like, we spend, like, a lot of time, like, just kind of sitting down, like, picking out the Neapolitan showdown is, like, giving our back and forth and ranking, like, how strong it is. We don't. No. We don't ever show our hand, Mm -hmm. and we don't ever actually, like, bet if it's, like, strong enough or not. Like, we'll just say side dishes, and the other one will be like, yep, sure, sounds great, let's do it. And then we just, like, get the ground running. I'm kind of hungry. Oh, you want to talk about that, too? Yeah. (laughs) Perfect, let's do it. Right. So we did Worst Wedding Songs, and I don't know, like, it just kind of, there's just this flash, and it was like, uh, we were like, uh. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's go for it. I got the much earned W last week after your Eminem versus Sixlets head to head. I think that kind please. of decided what goes on. I still that's, think that that's bullshit because it was overrated. It was the overrated candy. Okay, do you know how they marketing budget is nothing do, do compared you know, to Eminem? Do you know how do you know how they review like shots that should have happened or outs that should have happened, but it happened like three days ago and they just move on. This right. happened a week yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's well, I know we've run the it's next done. play. I get it. We it's ran done. the next play. It's I done. can't throw the red flag, but now I just want to go to the presser and just argue with everybody. So, so I, I don't know if I want to give this away. I have a little bit of a common theme with these wedding songs coming up, and it's don't tell me what to fucking do. Oh, if your song shit. has. If your song, we're we're gonna line up on a few of these. I if think your we're song going has, to. I, I think our our top one's gonna be a tie, so we almost might as well call it. So it doesn't. But we'll see if we get there. Okay. I, I put it in this order because okay. I had to leave that song last because I hate it so fucking much. But I am coming out of the gate with a. Oh, I did. Uh, I also have to give hats off to uh, uh, a Mabber segment producer, Jenny Ostrom, who. Uh, she has had a wedding. She got married. So she helped me kind of vet some of these out so it could really get like a healthy list going. Sure. I like and, it. And uh, uh, you've been married too. Yeah. And currently are married. You right, had a wedding. Right, right. Yeah. You had a wedding. I had a wedding. Yeah. So, so this is almost once. like. I just want anyone to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Been, no, not married. Two dollars. You are married. Like, yeah. I meant I like you, 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 you you've had a wedding. Spider. I said you were a spider. Yeah. I thought you were okay, spider. Okay, so for the fact that um, I'm going to have to give myself. Uh, plus five, just because I'm starting behind the eight ball a little bit since I haven't been married. This is such I, horseshit I didn't, already. I didn't, ha- I didn't have a wedding. You, you're in, you're in inside. Like how you've many got weddings have you attended? I haven't. You've attended a lot of weddings. <clears throat> I don't. That's not. 
We're moving on. I, we've attended probably about the same. We've attended all like all the same weddings. Exactly. And I don't know what okay, goes exactly. on your outside life. Okay. So why do you get a plus five? <laughs> just for not I, because like you you got you got to dig in with the teacher. Okay, they want to hear. It. Okay, okay, I'm coming out of the gate with YMCA. Okay. Uh, no offense to the village people, uh, or the, I'm a member of the YMCA. No offense to the YMCA. Like it's fine. Right. It's just like it's it's like it's not a dance. Like if you could do it from like a chair or like lying on the ground, like it's not a dance. Like it's an arm. It's a game of patty cake at best for like adults. Like uh, I don't like when it comes on. I don't like how repetitive it it is, uh, and I don't. I can't tell if people are really into it or if they're just like faux into it because it's a dance they know they can nail, but I'm just counting me on a Right, and it's one of those like familiarity breeds contempt. Like everyone knows that song. So like, oh, mm-hmm. this is safe for me to walk yeah. out into. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. I won't look like a fool if I'm doing all the YMCAs and yeah. someone will get a little I, iron, Irony is you do you do look like a fool, but yeah. yes. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> the, the, a, the A is sad also. The A doesn't look – that's like – doesn't look like an A. Yeah, Where's the crossbar? It's a cheap A. Yeah, exactly. Like the Y, the Y's the entire body. The M's just the arms. The C, like I don't feel like you do the full bend over. And then the A is just like we're okay. Yeah, we're just wrapping it up. No, that's a good one. That's a strong one. I, I definitely thought about it. I'm gonna go with one that uh, that is in the same vein as yours, but I'm gonna go with Conga by Gloria Stefan. Where it's just like, come on, everybody, let's do that conga. I forget. I forget the Mavericks do like when we sing. Right. And so exactly. it's kind of a strict exactly. we do. Sing. So I think I, I actually think you like slow played me on that one. You acted like you didn't know it. You just you're like, oh, he's eventually going to sing this out. Yeah. Oh, I was. So, I still like it. What was it like episode six? Where it's just like we did one hit one or so. It's just like we'll just hum it, hum it. And now we're just like out of the gate. We're just like we're just going to sing it, like get it out right. of the way, get right. it done. So so the conga is everything. The the exact thing. First off, like. I don't know, but most people at weddings are not like very salsa esque, right? They don't have that, uh, sure, that Latin sure. rhythm yeah. in them, especially when yeah. my uncle Merv has like nine drinks in them. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's going to go out there and start cutting a rug. Um, I, 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 I know on a, for for sure that Gloria Stefan herself did not play this at her own wedding, so I, I know this for a fact. <laughs> sure. for a oh, fact. I have to ask you on each one of these: Did this play at your wedding? Oh, I don't know. Uh, YMCA? I don't remember. It's been a while, Brandana. Okay. Since I was married. <laughs> it has been. Hey, congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, congratulations. To Thank you. Yes. Dr. And Mrs. Exactly. Kamesh. It yes. feels, like, feels like it was just yesterday. Um, uh, no, Conga definitely was not. I don't think YMCA was, uh, although it okay. was. It was uh, we had a good time. Because I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you a bonus point if any of these songs on this list did play, just because you had to suffer through them like live and firsthand. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can. The rest of them, I know for sure, were not on mine. Anyway, so Gloria Stefan, that's my number three. It's just, and also that's too, good. like people are gonna come out there, and start doing the conga, like it's gonna clear the floor. It's, it's really gonna clear the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and is there anything that's like not coming together less than like a Congo line that has like three people in it? Just kind of like oh yeah, it's 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 as sad as like the wave guy at the at the ballpark trying to get everyone to do it, and it's like no man, you and your your gaggle of of you know misfits, we're not handling this, we're not doing this. Yeah, that's crazy because you can't like at a wedding, you don't bail on a song like the guy the DJ puts it on or whatever, and there's just like three people out there, and he's just like. All right, fucking three and a half minutes from now, I get another shot. <laughs> right. I got a shot at redemption to make right. this right. Let's right. get some motherfuckers out here. Uh, cool, brother. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to do uh, your cargo one's great. I'm going to give you a plus eight. My YMCA is pretty on the nose. It's a plus ten. Moving on to Moni. Don't 
Don't give me that look. Go Moni ah, Moni. Okay, Moni Moni. Moni Moni. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the thing. Uh, Moni Moni. Not sure what the fuck he's singing about. Yeah. That's. Uh, I don't know what a Moni Moni is. I looked at the lyrics also because I is it a, thought is he it a, said it's about cocaine. I'm just curious. Oh no no! I didn't do a deep dive. Oh, okay okay. Like I was just like, what the lyrics actually? What the fuck he's saying? Because oh, okay. like Moni Moni, I was like. I don't need the. I feel like you tie everything in that era like back to drugs. Like I don't. Right. I'm, don't need the conspiracy theories about like what Moni Moni's about. I'm sure you're right. It probably is. <laughs> or about like cheap like hair bleach. I don't know what Moni Moni is, but there's also. Does he say you make me feel like a pony? I feel like he says like. Have you heard that? Like yeah. Pony? Wait. I thought you it was... make me feel like a pony. Yeah. Like, come on. Like pony. I sounded like the lyrics. I, I looked up like. It's, that's not in the official lyrics. Like it's just like you make me feel, and then he says other thing. And the backup dancers, I think they say like a pony. Really? Yeah, I don't know. That's good. I have but you you up. hear you hear like a pony? Okay. I hear I hear well, like a pony, but also I don't know any words to any songs. I've said this before. I'll say it <laughs> yes. again. Yeah. All right. All I have right. no idea. All right. All Although there right. is a uh, there's a great book out there that has like commonly like misheard song lyrics about that, mm. and it's yeah. it's great. It's great because everyone's like totally miserable like excuse me while i kiss this guy yeah i'm okay with that it reminds me of the bad lip reading thing which i think is like the <laughs> lowest common denominator of comedy like it's not funny at all it's just like non sequitur. oh okay you know, hot take on that okay hot take hot take uh yeah keep the bad lip readings like don't bother sharing them. okay uh the, what the last thing i'll say about moni moni is there is a unofficial choreographed dance to it that nobody kind of knows, but everybody feels like it. Where you're supposed to lean in, and it's just like make me feel money, uh, money. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know okay. what I'm talking about? They all do that fucking lean in and lean back. Like See, it's I never participated when this song came out, so I clearly don't know that. I didn't. No, no I'm, I'm saying I didn't. I didn't. This you. is why I don't. This I, is why I don't know it. Did this play at your wedding? This did not play at my wedding. Okay, can't give I can guarantee. So I'm going to cut you out. I'm going to cut you at your knees right here. I'm going to take you down, and I'm just going to go. All of the line dance songs, all of them, the Cuban Shuffle, Whoa. Cha-Cha Slide, Macarena, Chicken Dance, they're all in that same vein, man. I'm just going to no, cut you no. down at your knees, No, son. this is the, I can't believe, we've been, we've treated the Neapolitan Showdown with such prestige and respect for 13 episodes, and then you come in right now and you just like, lump it all, like, if we were fighting about candies, you're just like, oh, like, chocolate bars, fuck them, <laughs> like, just like, they all suck, yeah, but all get them out of my thing. face. They're all, they're all the same thing, they're, and this is where I, uh, I, this is why I go for the jugular, I take you down, we don't have rules in this, Brandana, how can I discern, a, how can I discern a, 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 a dog turd against a cat turd, they're both piles of shit. Because when I said, we said worst wedding songs, not worst wedding genres, like, well, I have the, I have the chicken dance, there. which is my third. Right, I knew you were so, going to the chicken dance. I know you were. You backed me to a corner. Exactly, which Real, is which is horrible. That's a that's Real a terrible song. Piece of work. The, can we talk about how terrible the chicken song is? Just for like one. Did you have it at your wedding? No, no, absolutely not. We had none of those songs at. Well, sometimes I, like uh, I was talking to our segment producer Jenny Ostrom, and sometimes DJs go rogue. Oh yeah. They yes. just like they're like I I know what needs to be at a wedding more than you do, and I'll play this song. Do you remember this story? That happened. No, what is it? Did it happen at your wedding? No, it didn't happen at our wedding. It happened at oh. at, at, at a, a, a mabber who listens to this podcast regularly for their wedding back in Kansas City. They had a they had they had an expressed note: do not play the chicken dance. And what's uh, what's the DJ do? 
chicken dance coming right out of the gate, like hard. And she was hot. She was pissed. As she should be. It's your wedding day. Don't play. It's not, you're not being cute. You're not being hilarious. Like maybe that song brings back bad memories of people doing the fucking chicken dance. Right, right. And here's the thing, real quick. Uh, I do respect DJs, but if you had your druthers, DJs are, are banned. Here's a, I'm, I'm going to do a hot take here right now. I don't listen to a lot of music. What if, and let me finish most awesome. Okay. Don't say iPod. No, not iPod. Okay. At your next wedding. At my next wedding. At your, Dr. Not Mrs. your next wedding. Do, Why are you giving me so much trouble right, here? Right, right. No, Dr. No, no. Mrs. Commission 2.0. No. I get it. Look. She's, I'm saying, she's I'm not saying. for this world. I'm saying, like, on the, our members out there, at your wedding, if you're getting married, Forgo the band, forego the DJ, keep it on the cheap tip, and most awesome and I will come do a live broadcast from Penny. Oh, I Just like do a podcast. Do a podcast. Hey, we we'll got little... some requests out here, huh? We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a little Neapolitan showdown of like the Johnsons <laughs> versus like oh, the Clint family. We'll do a Neapolitan <laughs> showdown of the worst dressed people at the wedding. We're like, look at this guy. Exactly. Yeah, we'll do like a little, just play our podcast. Super cheap. Saves a lot of money. Exactly. Chicken, uh, I... steak, or tuna. Who do you take? I would do DJ, I guess. I, I don't know. Band seems like so... I don't know. I'm not a big live music guy. When we do get into our what I look for in a bar, like live music comes up. Like, I, maybe it's not shit. I Oh, God. Everyone's losing their mind out there. Right. But it's just like... I don't know. I, I like... Uh, you know, I, I think it's a fun atmosphere to hear songs you kind of know and maybe they can't cover everything. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Uh, I, I like the, the live energy. Obviously, we had a, a band at our wedding. Um... A good band is a good band, a, a, but a, a not so great band it can also be very bad. So, you know, if if you have a limited budget and you have a really good DJ and you maybe don't have the money to spend on a on a full you know course band that can really sing and play a lot of songs, go with the DJ. You're never going to be disappointed with what you get, especially if they stick to your request. You know what I mean? Wait, so a, I don't even know a DJ's cheaper. I think a DJ is cheaper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, so come get come get like Calvin Harris to do your wedding. Right, yes, exactly. Skrillex <laughs> is going to do this wedding. That's the only other DJ I know. Thanks a lot. Make me feel like an old man. Uh, I did, uh, I don't even know how to, do you have one more? I don't remember if you just lumped them all in. I or... do have one, I do have one more. I do, because I plan this right, out. I plan my, to win. I play to win, Brandana. All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Every Breath You Take by The Police. Because a, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. a, a lot of, yeah, yeah. It's a stalker song. Yeah, it's a stalker song. But a lot of <laughs> it's people. A a lot of people apparently think, yes, it's like a it's ballad romantic. about a man loving a woman. It's like a little no, too it, much. It, 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 yeah. is, it is a ballad about a man loving a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it is a ballad about that. It's just like the feeling is it's not reciprocal. Right. It's, right. Uh, it's, it's a man doing whatever it takes. Right, like, exactly. Outside the law, whatever needs to be done. So here's the thing. I put uh, on my cons. I'm obviously going to give myself that win. Finally won two in a row. Uh, you, you cheated when you lumped them all in. Like, finally, yeah, I finally. Knew, I knew I was... I I knew it was going to be a rough go coming in there, but I mean, all those songs, all those line dance songs. Can we just, can we just talk about uh, just the fact, like, you, yeah, you want to fly? Yeah. yeah, you just. Well, my, well, people don't play the Macarena anymore, right? Like that's kind of. I uh, I worry that people do. I worry that pe- I I definitely heard the cha cha slide at at a wedding recently that was played yeah. by a DJ, and it's like, c- come on, man. Like, here's the thing: if you need a song to tell you what to do to dance, look. Yep. I don't want you to. I, a lot of people don't know that, but 
Uh, I don't I don't do a lot of art, but when I'm on the floor, that is my canvas. That's okay. Right. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. where I express myself. Uh-huh. So I don't need you know somebody to tell me to go to my left or my right and cha cha again or whatever that bullshit is. Let mm-hmm. me flow. Yeah. Let the rhythm come pay- through me. Bodies are paintbrush, bro. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, one of, I put on here that I, I kind of wanted to go the opposite way because I thought it was going to be on my list real fast was a uh, shout because uh, I always think it's like like a little bit quiet now, yeah. a little bit and like I'm always like I'm not going to get it. No, fuck you, don't tell me. And then like by the fourth, I'm just like all right, a little bit quiet. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> just kind of down, a little yeah. bit louder now. Little. I think that's that's just that's a strong guy kind of instructional dance like we're all going to get in this together right right but that's yeah and it's not you can dance your own dance up until that moment that's the one moment where you just listen and when everyone buys in that's where it's fun right that's where it's enjoyable you know but if you got like nine minutes of ymca not so much fun yeah the electric (laughs) slide or whatever uh all right well finally okay i'll Uh, give it to you i I cheated i've learned my lesson How does it feel? How does it feel, Brandon? Ooh, it feels nice. I mean, I, to be honest, it couldn't come against better competition. Yeah. Uh, dude, let's get into this new segment. I know okay. you've been thinking about it all week. I'm super excited. Okay. Uh, I hope there should be a jam here. All right, guys. M-A-B date night. We're taking a movie from our childhood to see if it holds up and... The kickoff movie we're watching this episode is We Did the Wizard. That's right. From 1989. Quick synopsis. After his little brother, Jimmy, played by Luke Edwards, is put in a mental institution, uh, Fred Savage breaks him out, and the pair run off together to California. On their travel, Corey meets a girl named Haley and discovers that Jimmy is a master at playing video games. With talent like his, he could easily win a top prize of $50,000 at Video Armageddon! While the three travelers okay. hitchhike to the competition, the boy's parents hire a bounty hunter to track them down. Uh, does this movie hold up, most awesome? Oh, uh, so uh, does this movie hold up today? Okay, well, first, you did, you did see it as a kid, right? You saw yes. it. You saw yes, it. I do remember okay. seeing it as a kid very briefly, but it did, it did not uh, speak to me like I think a lot of other kids in our generation it spoke to. So I, I, I did not have a fondness for this. You know, I do remember seeing it, but, you know, I didn't know it backwards and forwards coming into it. And I'm glad I came into it with open eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. I came up pretty open eyes. Okay, uh, let's ask the kind of the, the low-hanging fruit, the easy question first. Uh, what have you forgot about childhood that this movie reminded you of? Maybe it's like a flashback of, like, going there and you remember just, like, I don't know, like... Yeah. Like... 69 cents at like quick trip or something or the color changing cups maybe it's just like having friends over playing video games what, what's some like thoughts that came rushing back just the just the pure the st- hashtag nostalgia tip <laughs> right just the pure fact that that kids could just kind of like roam free and just like <laughs> walk, run around and do nothing like i mean this movie this movie kind of pushes that idea yes but, well, right <laughs> yeah, yes yeah. exactly but i mean just like the simple fact that like Haley's at a bus stop just all by herself it's like that yeah. would never happen and all the time like how they hitchhike across the country would mm-hmm. never happen in today's world like I, I think about it now and I'm like oh and the other thing is is like a lot of kids when they get in the cars they're not wearing any seatbelts I was like oh, I remember those oh, sure. times like sure. we never yeah. we never wore seatbelts at all either and it was like yeah. oh you know like when in the very first scene when the cop because they see you know uh, Jimmy walking down the this like strange yeah. desert highway 
I try to look this up. Do you know what state we're in? Because it brings up a point I want to bring later, and I didn't have time yes. to go back and look at it. Yes, because I do. Oh, I, do. I wrote it down. But it's it's Utah. They're in Green River, Utah. So he's walking down this bizarre stretch of highway. The cop picks him up. Cop scoops him up. Yeah, we found him. There's like a helicopter, or not a helicopter, a plane flying overhead. And then they scoop this kid up yeah. and throw him in the back of the car. The cop throws him back. The state trooper throws him in the back of the car. Doesn't buckle him up. Just hops in the car, starts driving away. This little mm-hmm. nine-year-old is going to be rolling around in the back. You don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, the plane just got there just after this like land cruiser catches up to him. Okay, so obviously this movie is a... It's it's a ninety minute commercial for Nintendo. Yes, and and I was buying like I was into it. Uh, like I'm trying to, guys. You have to see most awesome right now. I am trying to keep him like it's like when a stranger comes over to your house and like you have a dog that's normally friendly, but you have to keep him like in that little like pet carrier because when you let him out. And and the friend coming over today is plot holes, right? Because once we let most awesome out of that cage, he is about to light this up. Okay, well, give me your favorite line real fast. What's a little quotable line that you got? Uh, my favorite line, my favorite line or quotable line? Because my favorite line <laughs> give, is give me, give me, give me both. Give my me. favorite line is is uh, when Putnam says to the uh, to the guy at the the truck stop diner, it says, "Hey, buddy, want to make a quick 50? Which is like not something you want to say to a random trucker at a truck stop diner. Like that's not yeah. how you want to approach that conversation. And Putnam is the uh, the bounty hunter that they sent right. to track down like Jimmy. Because if Putnam gets to him first, it's just kind of like don't even get me started on that family tree. I don't know who's having kids with who. Yeah. Like it was it was like it took me like a legit like fifteen minutes to get into it to figure out just like who is whose dad. Right. They had a whole scene like at the end of Act Two to. Really in the lawyer's office? No, not no. When when I'm I'm talking when Corey explains like the whole relationship between the whole family and like, oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean. It's just like yeah, way yeah. at the back end, and they're you know. So, uh, but yeah, so that was great. I was just like that. This is fucking ridiculous. Like, who says that? Uh, but yeah. obviously, I think uh, you know the I love power. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Like that's that's just a great. Love. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a list, fantastic line. And it's delivered with such, um, you know, just dryness, right? The, the yeah, kid was just, yeah. Where do they get him from? What's your favorite line? Gimme, 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 Jimmy Woods! I'll say this also, like when we dive into the plot. Uh, it's that reveal of Super Mario Brothers 3 and Jimmy standing at his platform conveniently, right. ready to compete, is pretty badass. Yes, like very like exciting as a, as a coming up. You mean like, like as like a nine year old Brandana watching this, yeah, or as like Anna, as a as a thirty six year old Brandana watching this. <laughs> 35, 35. 35. Okay, well let's um Yeah, and I have some thoughts so, on video Armageddon guy too, by the way. But we oh, can talk perfect. about him in the where is he now. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh in real life and actually where are these characters really? Uh tough okay, let's let's roll through these because this is what we need to talk about. Toughest plot pills to swallow. Uh, I'm gonna give some simple ones, and then I know you got some deep dives. Uh, a 200. So there, when Fred Savage first meets Haley in that bus stop, and they have to get a bus ticket from Utah to California, it's two hundred twenty-six dollars. Right. It's, that feels a little steep. Yeah. If it, right. Right. Considering I, I can get a plane flight from New York to California for about like twenty-seven dollars less than that. This is true. This is true. Yes, why, why, I didn't why think they make this so expensive? It's a weird thing. Like it's a weird thing to lie about, or just like I don't know if it was. I don't think it was lazy writing because you can still make that bus. They had fucking like 
$13 between the two of them. I mean, you can make, make that bus ticket like $55 and they're still like shit out of luck. Right, yeah. Just like, I just remember hearing that number. I was just like, man, that sounds like really fucking high. Right. And to, to be fair, I was like, I've never, I don't know if I've taken like a long bus ride whatsoever. But at the same time, yes, 220 some odd dollars is, is a pretty steep, You can, they could fly around trip back and forth. On that for two for the yeah, two. Yeah, I guess, I guess things ebb and flow, and maybe like obviously plane flight was. Oh, go back and listen to a couple episodes about how plane flight should be and what it is now. Right, right. Yeah, so maybe that wasn't an option. Just, and there was no there was no other competition either. There's no there's no Uber. There's no Lyft. Yeah, there's no other that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't want to be 100 percent certain on that, but I'm pretty sure yeah. there wasn't. There there was no okay. no was taken. I don't, I still don't think people take Ubers from Utah to California. They could. You never know. We'll fact check it. We'll fact, we'll fact check, check it. it. Uh, what do you got? What's 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 a tough pop? Plot pill for you to swallow, brother. Um, just the simple fact that they were able to, like, hitchhike and, like, hop rides and hitch the rails, essentially, as nine-year-olds. Yeah. Like, the whole thing, like, I literally wrote down at one point on my notes, I just wrote bikers with, like, three question marks when they hitch a ride on those, on yeah. those you know, uh, those, those yeah. the biker gang, right? And they just ride. These yeah. biker guys just take them. Of course, too, the, the other thing is is none of the bikers wear helmets, except they all have just the three helmets for the kids, you know, because safety, because that's what safety. bikers are really worried about, you know? Yeah, I, I like how in the greater southwest area, like, this Haley, like, 14-year-old girl, like, had just, like, this network system wire. I feel like right now, trucker, you get pulled over, a biker, you get pulled over, pulled over for, like, three kids that you never met before, that you don't know yeah. their names, like... You're doing one to three. Right, exactly. Like based, and I'm sure on one of them has a prior already. So it's like, look, we can't have these kids. <laughs> uh, here's a question I have for you. Why does um, when Jimmy goes to play Lucas and they do the uh, – they play the – Lucas does with his power glove the Rad Racer game. Right. What does Jimmy get intimidated and walk off? That seemed inconsistent to me. Like at no point in this I'll, – I'll hit this point real fast – all of a sudden, there's this underground chain of just like side hustle, like video games you can do from here to Utah to right. Los Angeles. Super convenient. You right. Can, it's 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 like the color of money, but with like video games and fucking right. twelve year olds. I, I don't <laughs> I don't remember arcades being everywhere. I don't remember yeah, arcades being every at diners, diner. and I don't remember yeah. at restaurants. Like I don't remember B- bus- this. Businessmen waiting to bet ten dollars for like the first fucking nine year old that walks yeah, up. Yeah, right. Like, it's sure, like oh, let's he do could it. beat you. It's like let's first off, they're never playing that game to begin with. Yes, that was. This that is was almost this this movie feels like bring your kids to work day for like a screenwriter and then he just like let his nintendo plane like 12 year old son write a movie on it's just like if if we were adults this is what we would do yeah it feels very much like that it feels like if we were adults this is what we do uh but yeah so what why does jimmy walk out when like he does that right race like he's never been intimidated He's and, and, and as far as we can tell, he has no emotions. So why would he feel like fear, anxiety, nothing? You know what I mean? It's just like, or could I just I I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, he doesn't want to play. So I guess he doesn't want to play. I guess he's going. And then he, we can have this awkward exchange between Haley and Lucas. That's great. I love it. First off, like, how far do they think Jimmy and and, and Corey are going to get away in that hostess truck? And where is that hostess <laughs> truck going? Like, it leaves the asylum and then just goes down that same barren drag of highway. But where? Like, how many deliveries does this guy have to make in a day? You know what I mean? Like, where is he going? And how does he not know? It's not like it's a big box truck. It's just a small little hostess Twinkie truck. Like, where are they hiding in that truck? How does yeah, it get they, this they, far away? They, they really maximize just, like, abandoned desert roads in this movie. Right. And uh, that pulls me into the, um, when Christian Slater and, 
uh, Bo Bridges like go the odds of them stop and this happens twice they stop in a diner that Putnam's at right or Putnam's across the street and they spot it like the odds insane and then the second stop they do is that, it's not the second one but they stop in and see the kid that had stole like Jimmy's hat that right. there's landscaping company right. is the just woods landscaping there. and Lucas is sitting there and the last plot pill that's hard to swallow Lucas when he uh, is trying to get Jimmy caught before they kick off the Super Mario Brothers thing at Universal uh, Universal Studios and sitting on the stairs points at Putnam and he's just like there they are Lucas has never fucking met Putnam <laughs> at all he meets he meets Christian Slater he meets Bill Bridges in the restaurant he doesn't know Putnam from fucking Adam that's true and he's like hey and he hollers at Putnam he's like you looking for the kid there he that's is that's right that's right well, here's the thing is, is how, how do Putnam and Bo Bridges, like, what intel are they going on to get them from the hostess truck to wherever they drop off? Like, how are they putting these pieces together and following these kids? Yeah, there's one time, like, Christian, like, uh, Christian Slater wakes up and it's just like, oh, like, he has a map that brings us into our next segment of how does an iPhone change this movie? Right. But they have a map and he's just like, oh, we've been heading west. Somehow, like, Christian Slater is now, like, part, like... Like farmer's almanac and just like knows where they are and he's just yeah. like you remember he's just like no we're we're heading south it's just like how how do you know that, that? was the worst too because he wakes Bo Bridges is driving he's been driving all night and he's, he, he says I've been up, driving all night exactly he exactly. wakes him up and goes where are we what do you mean dude I've been sleeping exactly. all day <laughs> exactly where are we that I've been driving good. all night he's like you're heading south here's the thing that oh. I also thought about Lucas too is. And I wrote this down. I was I was a little tired when I was watching this part. But when they introduce him from where they are, I think he said that Lucas is from Atlanta, which makes no sense because ostensibly oh, they met shit. him in Reno, somewhere in Reno-esque or somewhere on that drive. So what the fuck is Lucas yeah. just like hanging out in the middle of Nevada so far away? In, no, in this fucking children from the corn town. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like no adults and they're just all hanging they're out. They're just running fucking... free, beating up other kids. Because that's the other thing is, is, so Green River, Utah, where they go to, then to Reno, where Haley's dad is, and then they go, so that is almost like northwest. So they're going away from Los Angeles at this time, which you can kind of believe because they really didn't know about video game uh, or, or video Armageddon until I think they already decided to go to Reno. But then they have to go all the way, like due south, to get to to LA. No, no, I thought no. They decided video Armageddon when I mean it's fine. This still like goes with the point. But they decided video Armageddon when they miss their bus. And they didn't know what they were going to do in their out. Oh, so then they go the exact they go op, the exact opposite way because really the way to go from Green River, Utah, is through Vegas, and that's the most direct way. You going through Reno, you're going like way northwest and coming down. You're you're doing like 1,100 miles to there, and Spanky has to drive them eight straight hours <laughs> to get to L.A. from Reno. Fucking, fucking Spanky. Spanky. Spanky may or may not be mentally deficient. You know, he's just like he's like Lenny, and like uh, you know, he's just like this big lovable. Of mice oh. and men. Yeah. yeah, mice and men. Thank you. And it's just like, what, what? Like, why are you so dialed in? And like, how come this little girl can call you at a moment's notice, and you're just like wherever she needs you to be? That that's a that's a big thing. Also, it's just like, so he was on the road. They had traveled. He, so uh, Putnam comes in, kidnaps Jimmy, and then like fucking 12 minutes later like these two semi trucks like yeah. cut them off it's just like how were they not trapped like were they right there like it 
it doesn't. How it do doesn't, they wrangle it this? And how do they know where he's going to go to anticipate where he's coming? You know what I mean? Yeah, in the world of CB radios. Right. Uh, here's the thing. Also, do you know a little fun fact for our listening audience out there? And I know uh, listener uh, T Boz will enjoy this. Uh, the truck they Spanky was driving, the same truck they used in Over the Top. That was the <laughs> Stallone truck. The, it's Hawk Hauling truck, and you can see it on the truck. Really? It's yeah, you can see it in the movie. It says Hawk Hauling on there it. There you go. Keep keep uh, keep it on the cheap producers of the list. Fun Wiz. fact. All right, uh, you got uh, you got one, one more thing. Yeah, right? just like so, the state troopers were so involved in picking up Jimmy every time he <laughs> left. And by yeah. the way, if they did have to dispatch a plane and then state troopers, how how much of uh, tax liability is is Jimmy imparting on the city of Green River? Right? Like, how much resources I, are we utilizing for Jimmy on this? I was wondering. The, the plane seemed over the top. The only the only reason I got kind of justified is I think the piece of shit stepdad, who that guy was great at playing a piece of shit stepdad right. through like the entire 80s and yes. early 90s and maybe in the 2000s. I don't know. <laughs> but he was still like uh, – so he was in a home and I think they were – they kind of lost him, right? Like they right. were in a – well, they, they said they're going to have to put Jimmy in a home. But right. I think I think the state can kind of do that. It's just like we can afford all the stuff you're costing. Yeah. Like, so then, us, so yeah, and then the, the state facility just, like, lets him just run off and just escape so easily. But that's another thing. And then the cops just have, like, they're, they're just totally hands-off in this whole thing. And it's like, oh, the this, the dad and uh, this this private investigator, this Putnam guy, they're just going to go sick. And, and, you know, we have this huge resource and network of communication that we could put out there. Have tons of people looking for it. But, uh, no, we'll let these two guys handle it. Well, let's figure yeah. it out. Bounty Hunter, what a piece of shit. Yeah. All right, give me real fast. Uh, how does this movie change with an iPhone? Right. So clearly, uh, so so the whole Nintendo hotline scene, which when I watched that, I was like, wait, did that really exist in real? Like back in 88, was that a real thing? Nintendo hotline, 100%. Oh, my God. 100%. How did I miss out pay, on that? You paid like a, I don't know the price. It was like $1.99 a minute. And you I was, would call and they would just give you like tips on how to beat levels. Oh, yeah. It was like, I'm sure it was like Miss Cleo for kids or something like that. You know, just <laughs> exactly. burning up. Now you just, you just fucking Google how to get through that. <laughs> right, stage. exactly. And then that's the other thing, too, is like if Jimmy really wanders off, like don't his parents eventually just get like an iPhone for him and like stick it in the lunchbox? And then when he gets, wherever he goes, <laughs> that's, that's the that's the exact line I had. I was just like, get one of those tracking devices that like find my iPhone and stick it in that fucking lunchbox he never opens. Yeah, he'll just he'll won't know if it's in there or not. He'll just go off and like, <laughs> he just, oh, he's on Route he Six again. <laughs> Let's get it. Okay, real fast. How do you pitch this movie today? I'll pitch in the eighties. All right, pitch in the eighties. Give give me the eighties. So 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 this would be me pitching it to the the studio in <laughs> sure. the in the eighties. Um, so here's here's what I want to pitch. I got a I got a stellar idea for you. Two words, Rain Man. I got I got I got two <laughs> I got two more words for you. Four kids. <laughs> Rain Man won a bunch of Oscars. I won a whole bunch of other things. Okay. <laughs> you have to just do like Oscars. Look, here's here's the thing where uh, the movie Rain Man was great. They missed the mark because they didn't get the kids involved, right? You can't. They're missing out on two whole tickets right there. 
So, so here's what you do. You get, you got, uh, you got your Damn, lead kid. You got, you got your, you got your, you got your Tom Cruise kid. Oh, you're right? still going. Yeah, oh, still going. we're loving. I, I could, I Mr. Dawson, we're loving what we're hearing here. We're loving what we're hearing. Say you got, more. You got, uh, you know, just like in in Rain Man, you got the kid. You got the spunky kid. Something and the kid from that Wonder Years show. You know, get him on, right? Uh, and then, sure. uh, yeah. and then you Ooh. know, you got ah. the. And then you got the goofy kid, right? You got to get this goofy kid, kind of like Rain Man, because, you know, I'm not expecting, like, a Dustin Hoffman-esque performance, right? The kid's not going to go win an Oscar. So maybe you just make him, like, goofy. You know, maybe something happened to him when he was a kid. You know, maybe he pushes his kid, sister down the stairs or something like that. Or, you know, maybe kind of like, it. you know, when, you know, the way that, uh, you know, the, the bathtub made Rain Man all goofy, right? Same thing with that kid. I love it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Ooh, I love it, yeah. So, Exciting incident. So then, you know, obviously you need a girl. Right. You need a little love interest. Right. And then we need, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, because we want to keep the, the, the parents interested, too. Right. Well, I'm trying to sell four tickets for you. Four tickets. So, four yeah, tickets. Four so, tickets. so you know, you know that this kid is like a genius, kind of like Rain Man was about counting cars. This kid's a genius at playing video games. My kid's over there playing the Luigi brother thing, whatever. This kid's going to be a wizard at it. Ooh, you like that? Ooh, I do like that. I see that on the so marquee. Bam, where are these kids now, most awesome? What are they doing in the movie life? What's happening? In the, in the, in the real life? Okay. So, um... Not in their, not, I don't think we want to bring up their real lives. Right, right, right. Well, everyone real- knows what Fred Savage is doing. and Well, some of those kids have, you know, much, much scarier lives. Um, so, Haley. I think Haley... Haley has the saddest life of them all. Yeah. She marries yeah. a trucker herself. <laughs> sure. She's like a Reno cocktail rager. She never leaves Reno. I don't think she ever leaves Reno. I had this. I was like, the timeline doesn't work out, but I was like, uh, is she Sharon Stone's character in Casino? Even though on the timeline of things, this happens afterwards. Right, right. Born no. hustler. Ha- is she the daughter? The is she the daughter of? I thought. <laughs> I, th- I thought. I thought about that also. It's pretty close because that's. I think that's how you describe Sharon Stone. If you were Sharon Stone's daughter, like the one that like duct taped you to the like bed railing in Casino, right. you'd be like, oh, yeah, my mom was. She was a beautiful like showgirl. Yeah, and she also like is a pathological liar, Haley. Let's not forget about this. Like she lies about everything. You know, she yeah. lies about her big house and all that good stuff. So, no, I think she never leaves Reno. I think she kind of follows in the footsteps. I think she's like a cocktail waitress. You know, she, she knows she knows all the scenes. She's so dialed in at 13. Like, you know, she doesn't really have to work hard for anything. She probably doesn't go to school. She probably doesn't get a good – she gets her GED and just out there making money. You know, on that side. Cause she gets that taste of money. Here's the other thing. They split that 50, that 50 grand, like 50-50 her and the brothers? Or did everyone get a third? Like, how does that work? Oh shit, that's a great point. There's no way like they made an agreement and the agreement was 50/50, right? In the Right. In the diner. Oh, I don't remember. Uh I think I think they 50/50. did. Was it 50/50? Yeah. So she yeah, gets that, she gets 25k and they get they get to split 125 a piece? Is there any way those parents are fucking handing like Haley not a chance. Not, a not when the chance. stepdad, not when Bateman gets in involved, right? That's what the stepdad's oh, no. name was, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. He yeah. gets in there it's... and he gets his dirty little hands all over it and it's lights out. So, oh, so, that's, so, so that's where it goes. Right. So Haley gets spurned by the money. She's disappointed. Yeah. Her trucker dad, Further. who we've never seen, who knows if he yeah. ever shows up and she goes, just goes back to that trailer and she's forced to fend for herself. Yeah, that's going to be good. Uh, I got uh, Jimmy Woods obviously gets deep into the... The video gaming world, like he's, yeah, I think he's like kind of the one like founder, master of kind of the uh, the e-commerce gaming world that exists now. 
Sure. So he does like well in that. He's kind of like the grandfather of that. I think I think he stays master on top. I got uh, Corey, uh, played by Fred Savage. Uh, you know, divorced a couple times because he's definitely a fucking hothead. Yeah. Like we we see that throughout. He blows it, up. And, I like it. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, and he gets fired. Obviously, he didn't come from a lot of money. Uh, nursing a little bit of a drinking problem. Like I think dabbled a little bit of like. Trying to like sell Herbalife, and it's just like it, it ain't good. He's just kind of right. bouncing from. Job he to always job does have well because he got that quick taste of money so early on. So everything yeah. he's like trying to sell, he's like, "Hey, I'm trying to sell Amway or you know yeah, some other exactly. like direct marketing thing." Like you know, it's just not yeah. working out for him. Yeah, trying to get early, like thinking like this is always going to be the thing that like he sets is just like, "Hey, like I kind of made this investment once and I saw something and right never gets back." Real fast before we uh, close up this segment. Oh, where do you think where do you think uh, where do you think Nick is? His brother Nick, Christian Slater. I think oh, I think yeah. Nick I think Nick Nick takes over Woods Landscaping. He develops a drinking problem as well, and yeah. uh, probably has a few few kids by another few few ladies out there. I know. And here's the thing. Okay. So so. Putnam gets killed in a in a in a uh, incident with a trucker and a mis a, a misunderstanding with a trucker. You know, he's trying to offer guys fifty dollars. No, no, quick, I, I think quick 50. I think I think Putnam's doing time. Like he plays a little too loose and fast, like a little embezzlement or just like kind of like greasing something. Yeah, like, uh, there's something weird about like he's kind of outside the law. And, he is like it just handled it right. What about video Armageddon guy, the host? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I gotta think it's the guy that brought us. Uh, let's get ready to rumble, right? I mean, that's kind of Michael his Buffer? prequel. <laughs> no, yeah, I, was, see, I think like... he, I think he's like, because they hinted at that a little bit, like he had like the the English accent. So I got this vibe, like he's just like a like a struggling actor who's like probably like, you know, like a like like an English actor, like well trained, and now he's like, I gotta be this video Armageddon oh, guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like he never makes it. He turns into the guy that like gets the vehicle wrap for his car with his headshot all over the car. <laughs> so he's driving, and it's like, oh, there's that guy again. You know, it's like I just know him. It's true. You know, that's a good one yeah, for, the, was, for our LA Potters. They'll, they'll appreciate that. I couldn't tell if he was actually like if he was sweaty profusely, like on purpose. If makeup did that to him, or they just like we got like if it was a tight shooting day and like oh we ain't got time, like we gotta get last looks, and they just forgot to do the last looks because he's like. He's like hungover sweating. He's like, <laughs> right. It's it's a fucked up sweat. Well, he goes from the weird wire tie, then the weird wire tie goes off. Then there's one yeah. scene where he's unbuttoning his old shirt. So yeah, he may have very well been like super hungover in real life. I'm not yeah. sure on that day. And I was like, I just gotta, <laughs> I gotta bring the energy to eleven and just let this rip. Uh, okay. Well, real quick question I want to ask you is, one thing that always stuck with me is just like, you got fifty thousand on Double Dragon. Did you ever I, I, on all the video games we played? I don't think we ever paid attention to the score unless it was a sports game. You paid attention to like your progress, right? Like it wasn't ever just like, oh my god, you scored seventy five. It'd be like, oh, you got this far. Like you got to level six. You got to level seven. Yes. Not like, oh, look how many points you're putting up. Right. Exactly. Because like, if it came behind, like if it came up to like doubling back to beat up a bad guy to get more points or just fucking advancing the screen like we're just advancing the screen because we're surviving right especially in especially in those games yeah Yeah. especially in those games like it's not even like you know like king of kong level right where they're trying to get the high score and you remember that documentary it's not even that yeah so the the score was often irrelevant it was just like did i beat the boss did i get past that 
But this has been MAB Date Night, our first movie, where we dig in to a movie from our childhood, and I don't think there's any fucking way you think we let you down at all, because that was a dig in for the ages. The Wizard, uh, let's rate it real fast. Let's give it our air horn. We're going to start at the same time, uh, and we're going to see how many out of five air horns, right? both gave it three. That's right. Both gave it three air horns. That's uh, right. Goodness, goodness, that would take a big commercial, a uh, lot of fucking plot holes. Uh, you know what? Send us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I think the theme for the date night was going to be we're going to jump into movies from our childhood, see if they hold up. Uh, send us yours, and we'd love to kind of dump in, uh, jump in and introduce it on the next time we do the movie take. What are you thinking, brother? Uh, should we jump into the gambling corner talk through these yes yeah, absolutely let's hit us with some gambling jams Gambling Corner, and we're tackling, this is segment three of eight of us hitting the NFL Futures, and this week we're doing the NFC South, which we've been promising, and we're going to dive in. NFC South, just to remind you guys, it consists of the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, the Buccaneers. What we're going to do is, we both kind of hammered out how many wins we see them having. Most awesome is going to hit me with the Vegas Futures, and we're going to see how those line up. Let's just dive into it. Sure. Sure. So we got the uh, the Atlanta Falcons have the highest over-under at 9.5 wins. Then we got the New Orleans Saints at 8.5 wins. We have the Carolina Panthers at 8.5 wins. And then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6.5 wins. How'd you line up with these most awesome? Um, so I felt that the Falcons and our Saints could potentially be our, our two two headliners out of that division. I felt like, if, if anything, with some of the, the additions that they have made, um, the Saints, not just offensively, but defensively, just kind of starting to load up a little bit. The, the Saints probably have the best defense that they have ever had in, a, in the Sean Payton era. And they, they have, even though Ingram is out for four games, the running back, they still have a pretty explosive offense. So I think they're really looking to make a, a push. And then you've got Matt Ryan and the Falcons who have uh, you know upgraded a little bit on their offensive lineman. There's no holes in that offense whatsoever now that they got Calvin Ridley uh, as their third-slash-fourth receiver. Uh, and that, that, that defense is, is starting to look pretty, uh, pretty filthy over there as well, too. So, do you want me to give you what I had? I had them both at the over. Yeah, let's let's jump in. Let's jump on the Falcons right now. I'll jump in here. Okay, so my big thing with the Falcons that held me up a little bit, I thought last year they underperformed, like, probably the top underperforming team in the in the league. Right. Like, they had that kind of a stretch of three-game loss. Like, there's three tough losses. I, I remember the Dolphins coming off the top of my head just because old Brandana did have some gambling corner money riding on that. Some <laughs> map dollars, if you will, some right. T-shirts. And they, uh, and they underperformed at 10 wins. So, so right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's still it's it still did. Like I haven't. So I haven't come in at eight wins. You haven't come in at eight wins. Ooh, eight wins. Yeah, I, I've been trading off blows. Like uh, I, 
it's almost literally a one 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 one. Uh, there's a three game losing streak I have uh, after the bye, October twenty eighth. They play the Redskins. I have them uh, that win going to the Redskins. I'm losing at the Browns. I'm losing hosting the Cowboys, and then I'm losing uh, hosting the Saints, really? which could be like a little stretch of three games. And before that, it's just like these aren't these aren't crazy losses. I haven't beat the Bengals. Uh, I have the Saints sweeping them. It just comes down to like division performance, like trading with the Panthers. Uh, I gave them the two wins against the Bucks, kind of low on the Bucks. This whole thing had me break down. If you don't know, like the, the NFL breaks down with the schedule, and correct me if I'm wrong, most awesome, but it is, you know, you play your inner division, like rivals twice. Right. And then that the whole division will play another division, match those games in that same conference. Right. And then you will also have, you will match a non-conference division, and then you will have two kind of like wild card games, like whatever it is. Right. Like yep. not not well yeah but you'll just you'll play like two I don't know if the teams are random but it's also based on how you did last year is how hard of a schedule you get so anyway with all that matching up I think a big thing that comes into the NFC South is how tough is the NFC East gonna be like all these teams are playing the NFC East and right. it's just like how strong are those Eagles how strong are those Cowboys how strong are those Giants how strong are those Redskins right and they open up at the Eagles um, they do yeah. And they get the Cowboys on a run, and then they have to play the Saints on that Thanksgiving day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't – I think they're a better team than the Redskins, so I, I have them, and I think they're a better team than the Browns, even though we were both high on the Browns. You're a little higher on the Browns than I am. Yeah, I, that could be a win. How many wins you got them at? I have them – I have them aggressively at 12, and I have them at 10 wins conservatively. Conservative ten, so yeah. you got you got an over on this. Yeah, there's no if you look at their roster top to bottom. I mean, aside from, I, there's no real glaring holes. You know what I mean? They've got a, now between Beasley and that Tack McKinley from UCLA, they've got some defensive line pressure up the middle. They've got the best defensive backs that they probably have ever had in Trufant, Alford, and Oliver, and they've got two pretty good safeties. And then now you add, you've got Devontae Freeman, you've got uh, uh, the other running back, Telvin, what's his name? And then you've got, uh, you've got now Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver from Alabama, who I think was not in a great system for him to showcase off his numbers. You've got him with Sanu, you've got him with uh, Julio Jones. I think that's an. I think that gives a ton of pop to their offense. So this is this is a very safe over for you in nine and a half. Yes, I would say it's a very safe, but it's not the most awesome gambling corner. It's the Brandana corner. So tell me Thank why you, you think sir. it's just eight wins. That. They don't take advantage of their weapons. I don't know where the breakdown is between you know the sideline and what they execute and perform, but. I, I think your offensive game plan would be throw Julio Jones the ball like every fucking time. And they, they seem to move well. There's just like I don't know this like this lack of like urgency and clutch. And it, it's not it's not that game we saw two years ago when they lit up the what was it, the Colts or whatever. And they're just like throwing the ball around the field or even like the first half of the Super Bowl from two years ago. Like I just like there was I, I just remember seeing him so much last year and just not being able to to flourish to like the level of point scoring that you know they're absolutely capable of. 
Okay, so you're you, you're taking the the under at eight. Uh, yeah, but but it's but it's also stay away. I'm doing. And it's your stay, stay away. away, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing stay away. No, I, exactly. It, it, with a with a one and a half game cushion, that that what I would say would be a stay away as well. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're at ten. I'm at. I, I do want to keep track of these because we're okay. kind of want to revisit this at the end of the year when you're sending me all the t-shirts I won. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna do the eight. All right. Let's jump on to the Carolina Panthers. This is. This is probably the biggest swing I have. I have a note right here. I haven't finishing. I know this is fascinating. Just like, oh, middling ground. And I'll, I'll lock in. It's not going to be sexy. But I haven't like going 6 and 10. Or like there's other scenarios where I haven't going 11 and 5. Really? Wow, that's a pretty big swing. I have them at 7 and 9. I, I see them in very much kind of Carolina Panthers form where they're just, they're just trading. They'll look like gangbusters one week. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll drop an L right there uh, the next week. So I, yeah, I don't I think that they have a lot of consistency, and their 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 back half of their defense, the the defensive backs and the safeties. I mean, they're they're pretty soft. They're pretty soft. I, I think. What do you think about this? Uh, what do you think about this DJ Moore guy? Is um, this the rookie coming in? Yeah, the rookie. I, I I don't know too much about him, but I do know that he's pretty versatile. So I, I think they're going to try and move him around. Uh, I know Norv Turner now is the offensive Turner, coordinator yeah. there. So, yeah, can he do Norv Turner things? I mean, he's a pretty offensive-minded guy and, and kind of known as a quarterback guru, so maybe he can do some things. And, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting between McCaffrey and I'm yeah. not sold as Devin Funch. Look, I saw I watched Devin Funches at Michigan. He's not a number one receiver, so you're really relying yeah. on McCaffrey and Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith. Or not Torrey Smith and – Greg Olson with coming off of who's thirty what three coming off a broken foot. Yeah, it seems like it seems like kind of a perfect storm of what looks like answers on paper, but not like right. Greg Olson, like kind of the safety blanket. Uh, older coming off injury, uh, Toy Smith, older Devin Funches, like maybe not big enough for the spotlight. Uh, DJ Moore, like rookie wide receivers don't translate one to one from college to the NFL, like hardly ever. And I can't imagine it being an exception in right. like Carolina. And Christian McCaffrey still to me seems a little bit like that Reggie Bush. Like, you know, it can be amazing in space and there's just like unless you game plan everything around him, like getting him those twelve touches a game, like still's not gonna be kind of enough to get him to do like the level of what you think he can do or what you feel like his value is. Right. So he's kinda of stuck in your team because you can't move him for really anything. You're not gonna build your entire offense around him. Right. And that's and yeah and and I totally agree with that. So yeah, so it's like so is it going to fall all on on Cam Newton's shoulders to carry the load? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, which is which which sometimes he's like gangbusters about, and sometimes he just looks like resentful about. Right. Sometimes he's just like oh like no fucking support here like just like uh like uh I don't know. So that's why I mean I got him landing at eight. I, I think the key the key stretch is. It sounds redundant, and it's probably going to sound like this, at least for the NFC South, but I haven't traded blows. I'm going back and forth like through the first like 13 weeks. Uh, a key stretch I see is at Tampa Bay, at Cleveland, uh, hosting New Orleans, hosting Atlanta, and then at New Orleans. They played like the Saints like twice in the last three weeks. Yeah. So, you, you know, in that stretch, if they can beat the Buccaneers, which I didn't have them winning at Tampa Bay for whatever reason. I'm having two wins in the last five, but... You know, if if they could turn on the juice, if they're they're hitting their rhythm, like at Tampa Bay, at Cleveland, uh, you know, at least the hosting New Orleans and hosting Falcons, those 
could could be winnable. And those are those are tough. Yeah, and that and that Saints game, depending on how like what they're playing for, that could end up being a win, right? If they're playing that at the Saints at the very last end of the uh, last game of the season, they the could Saints be playing, have locked up. What's that? And the Saints have it locked up. Yeah, and the Saints have it locked up. I mean, they could be playing for nothing, so that could be an easy W. <sighs> but but yeah, I think with the with the Rams and the Vikings and Packers and I, I don't see the Saints having it locked up there. Okay. But maybe, but you, you're kind of right. Like sometimes that 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 three and four slot gets kind of like interchangeable. Like it doesn't matter. But it, yeah, it's it's a it's a valid point. Uh, so I got I got eight. Stay away. Locked in at. I had seven and stay away. All right, jumping on. To, let's see the Bucks real fast. Okay. Let's end on a high note. I got the Bucks winning four and a half games. I had winning three games. Yeah, and I um, think I think I think I pushed for this four and a half. I thought I wrote four, and I was like. Man, that's rough. Right. Because, like, there's so much fucking talent on that team. Yeah. But here, look at this. Look at this coming in the first four games of the season. Yes, right. At that's the right. Saints. Yeah. Hosting the Eagles. Hosting right. the Steelers. Yep. Hitting the Bears. They're coming out of that 0 3, right? Well, 0 4, but well, yeah. You, oh, 0 oh, 3. Oh, what? Oh, you think 1 and 3? I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. You're right. Because I had them at 0. 0.5 and, like, 3.5 <laughs> like right. so it was just like that's where I got my point like it was just like uh like I don't I this is it's it's a little like it's a little classic Steelers like I can see like hosting the Steelers and that be like uh for whatever reasons the Steelers do what they're we're gonna go into the radar immediately so we're gonna right. lose the Bucks but uh yeah I think that's a great point <sighs> I mean, we'll get into when we get into the NFC North. We'll see what you think about the Bears. I definitely think they're st- taking a step up, but not a gigantic step up. Yeah, I guess I, we yeah, kind of have to talk. I actually about watched that. a lot of Bears games last year because we would get them locally. Um, yeah, I think they're trending in the right direction, but I don't think they're ready for a jump just yet. But we're not doing the NFC North. We're doing. We're not. We're not. I know. I know. But it's like we it, we kind of have to. We bleed into it a sure. little bit, having to talk about like Wednesday. But uh, yes, I, I think we're right on point, and also like. Two point that's great and I'll I'll up you one because coming out of, so they have a bye week week five coming on that bye they're at the Falcons and then they host the Browns which right could be two more losses yeah absolutely I mean they could be one and five I mean if they start zero and three to start the season Jameis Winston Winston they've he's lost the the clubhouse they don't buy in they're looking the the coach who was almost on the hot seat last year and was there thinking about getting fired. Um, he is squarely in the, in the hot seat. And if they come out one and three or oh and four, God forbid he, I mean, is he the first coach fired in the, uh, at the start, at the start of the season? And he's the first that's a great start. bet. Dog ear that when we get through our eight of eight, we'll bring up the prop bets. And I, I like that prop bet a lot. Yeah. I like where your head's at. Dirk Cotter. I think that's his name. Um, and their offensive line is pretty weak. It's pretty weak pretty weak so yeah i yeah. like three wins i that, if i'm guessing brandana for the gambling corner if you're betting on this division for over-unders this is the this is the one you're betting uh this is yeah this this is my lockdown and i don't force a lockdown i'm not necessarily taking a lockdown out of each division we do right but this is like i i mean listeners tell me if i'm hearing it differently uh give me Let's do most awesome. Uh, I'm going to give you my best case scenario, and let's see if I can get to seven. Okay. 
New Orleans Saints, no. Eagles, no. Steelers, no. Bears, no. Atlanta Falcons, no. Cleveland Browns, yes. Bengals, yes. At Panthers, no. Uh, hosting the Redskins, yes. At Giants, yes. Uh, San Francisco, no. Panthers, I already gave you one in Panthers. Saints, no. At Ravens, yes. At Cowboys, no. Uh, hosting the Falcons, no. And that still gives me one win to play with. Yeah, And that gives five. me at six. Six and yeah, a half, yeah. You have the half. That's exactly. Six and a half, yeah. Yeah, so, and that was five, so I could yeah. still, like, still give one of those a yes, and it's just like, tell me if I'm if I'm missing something. Yeah, it's just like, like you said, like Atlanta locks up the, the division and that last last game of the season, they don't need to play anything. They're at five. They're at, that would be six, and they're, you're still hitting that under. Yeah, these are all division games that need to be won. I think a lot of these teams want to win their strong teams. I mean, the Giants could be a little bit better than what we think. I just don't know. I, here's, here's the thing. I don't know if we brought up a little bit. Do you think – well, I think – didn't I have uh, in our NFL, like, episode – Whatever it was, our predictions. I, Browns was one. Didn't I have Jameis Winston being benched? We had to review the tape on that. Yeah, we got to listen to I had Tom Brady not finishing the season. You, I thought you had I something think, like that. Yeah, I don't remember. I think I had Winston, I think I had Winston benched. We have to check it. Uh, if you guys know, uh, free t-shirt coming your way. Email us. I mean, we can listen to our own podcast. But if we can get you to do it again, we will. Uh, email us at MAP Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Well, tell a friend to listen back to that pod. Tell, yeah, tell a friend. We'll get them both. Uh, Mabby are still in full effect, as it always is. Uh, the tree opportunity, you guys lost that. That's on you. Think about that. <laughs> All right, let's tackle the New Orleans Saints, what we came here to talk about. Uh, they, they do get off to a slow start. They're a little bit of like a Los Angeles Chargers team. Right. I feel. Uh, they did it last year, and I have them. I don't have them. How many? You, did you say 12? They, uh, for the over-under? Yeah. No, no, no. no. It's eight, eight and a half for Vegas. What would you have them at? I had them at 11 wins. Oh, 11. Okay. I had them at 10. So we're pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's another. I mean, it's a couple. I mean, they're playing two of the toughest teams in the NFC. They have a... Uh, at Vikings and the Rams, uh, they play the Falcons twice. Obviously, they play the Steelers. It's a, it's a tough sled. They, you know what's funny is that if they get like uh, they get an easier like dog shit schedule. Like this is this is thirteen win talk. It just yeah. happens to be like they have a tough schedule. Yeah, they do have a bit of a tough schedule. I mean, and you know who knows how injuries kind of shake out and change the landscape of what's going on. The weakest part of their I mean, I don't really see anything, like, hole-wise. I mean, obviously, Ben Watson as their tight end is not the greatest, you know, tight end. The Cameron Meredith signing off, an in, off of an injury for from the Bears, that'll be the most interesting offensive weapon to see if that if he comes back to his form. Because he was pretty good at the Bears. Um, now he's with the Saints. It'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. Uh, and... Breeze is all in. I mean, this is this is it. This is his big push. That's yeah. That's a good point. They don't. They have a little bit of. Um, is 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 Kamara a little bit found out? Not found out, but you know, like sometimes you can do. I, I feel like their offense shifted a little bit. Like wasn't last year we talked about that stat where it was just like 
Drew Brees' like lowest career passing yards, and it's not because right. he was being ran around. It's just like kind of the game plan changed. Right. So are people hip to the game plan? Maybe like you know, losing Ingram might have been the best thing to not be predictable because now it's like they got to change it up a little bit. Right. Yeah, and I think um, I I don't think I think people are not worried about losing Ingram for four games because of this PD suspension. I think that that offense is going to click just the same as it did before. I think they're going to do the exact yeah. same things. And uh, <laughs> well, well, wasn't it wasn't a little bit of a nice decoy though to be like. We're not going to Camaro here, even if they are. Like it was a good, like at least they had that other weapon that could like draw a little. Like you had to get a little bit of respect for it, and now right. like it's kind of like when Adrian Peterson had to run into like fucking like right just eight in the box or whatever. Boxes. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. it was just like fucking. Yeah, but I don't think that they were. I mean, I don't think that they were just plowing him straight ahead, Camara. They I mean, no, no, because they, they they weren't. But it was like having Ingram in the backfield that we might plow straight ahead, or we might go to Michael Thomas, right. let Kamara get those catches, like just kind of on those swing flat passes. Yeah. And like now, is that going to be like just sniffed out? Because it's like, all right, we just got to take care of Michael Thomas, and now we're seeing like Kamara over here. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be the difference between like wins and losses, but it was. Just, it I think it was a valuable weapon, if at least for that. Right. Yeah, and thankfully, I don't think that they're the top half of the schedule is all that rough. So no, I was the- I, I was I, I wanted to guess about this, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna let you rip through them real fast. And let's take it through that bye week. So okay. let's do uh, kind of that first seven through the Ravens. You, you got them going six and one, don't you? Yep. 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 So I had them winning a, uh, against the Bucks, the Browns, losing at the Falcons because that's where they're they're missing uh, they're missing yep. Ingram. Winning so at New York, winning against the the Redskins. I think you might be a little higher on the Redskins than than I am. I am. I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little high on the Redskins. A, okay. a little too high, and I think that's why I used a little bit like teaming up that Falcons and Redskins because obviously it's the Falcons team that I'm low on, and I'm a little higher on the Redskins. Yeah. No, that's fine. We can get into it in the NFC East. I haven't really delved into it, but I could hear the this, the bum the rumblings of uh, yeah, a Redskins like, team. Dude, man, I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with the NFC East. I don't know what the Eagles are going to be. I don't know what the Redskins are going to be. I don't know what the Giants are going to be. Right. I don't know what the Cowboys are going to be. We'll get there though. That's not what this one is. All right. So uh, your total wins for the New Orleans Saints, you had them at 11, right? Yep, I had them at 11. I have them at 10. Uh, that's BD. Uh, I'm marking uh, eight and a half. <sighs> you taking that? You taking that? I'm taking that. I am taking that. There yeah. you go. So, uh, so we're gonna do a little, so a meter like a. I'm not gonna make it super complicated. An air horn shit. Uh, I definitely my safest bet is I would do the Buccaneers under for sure. Lock that in. And if you like to gamble a little bit, I would take the over on the Saints. That eight and a half is uh, that's a little bit of a low number. Especially, I love your point of like Drew Brees ready to get it done. And I think their focus last year they get off to a slow start, which I think is hurting their number this year. And I. I think they'll come to play, and they have the schedule to do it. So uh, I got them at 10. Most of them got them at 11. Uh, is, that, is that a hit for you? That's a hit for me, brother. And that is segment three of eight. Um, and we can go ahead and let's close this down. We took you through everything you needed. We did tree watch. We did rip from the headlines. We broke down a People movie needed to know way more in depth than you needed to know. We finally hit that. NFC South that we've been teasing. We're going to hit it right now, but I want to plug real fast. Um, 
as I said, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, at the end of the show, we'll do our other social medias. Uh, next week, we are having a guest on. And we're doing that. We're doing that coveted. We're going to break down in the gambling corner the AFC West. Oh, going to be a lot the of Mahomes West. talk. <laughs> oh, buckle up your Mahomes belts. It's about to come in hot. Let's uh let's finish these guys off. Let's go into our MVPs. What you got this week, brother? So MVPs, uh, I got uh, Mr. T.J. Oshie from the Washington Capitals. Uh, they clinched last night the Stanley Cup, and T.J. Yeah. T.J. Did you see it? You're smiling. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've seen things floating around. I, I don't know what I'm. It's okay. the first time. I think it's the first time. We, no, it's the second time we mentioned hockey. Because you actually hats off the first time we mentioned hockey yes. in an MVP. Yes. In an MVP. So now I'm going to go with the with a with a real one. Uh, T.J. Oshie won. Uh, gave a heartwarming speech, uh, kind of speech, not really, just basically talking about uh, his dad is suffering Alzheimer's. His dad was in the stands, uh, got to witness his son win his first Stanley Cup. Um, you know, when you go out there and play sports. Everyone wants their dad to see you kind of reach this pinnacle of success. This is a great little moment. So, TJ, you're my MVP of the week, sir. Good MVP. Um, my MVP, this sounds crazy. My MVP, it's not a person. Okay, so it's, it's a trailer for A Star is Born. That movie looks so fucking... You just got to watch it. You got to watch it. Like, it gives me goosebumps. Like, I've never had, like... I remember watching the trailer and seeing something that's gonna like creep into like my top like five movies of all time. Like I just have you seen the trailer, bro? I haven't even seen the trailer. I don't even know what this movie is. But now I'm excited because it's your MVP of the week. I don't know. Like it's people need to check out the trailer. You're plugging like, it, it. You're plugging it early. You got points. What's up? <laughs> I, I don't. We're gonna start. We're gonna start hodling. I'm sure Bradley Cooper's gonna share the movies. No, He's actually, a Maver. He's a Maverick. He's totally Maverick. We talked all about Philadelphia. He's down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we talked about Philadelphia the way he sees Philadelphia. Maybe not. No. Um, uh, that's too funny. Uh, 60 second tail from the front. You got one for us most awesome. Pull that trigger. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to uh, to the wedding songs there. I'm going to talk about a young Brandana. Now, I mentioned oh, that the, the, the canvas, the dance floor was my canvas. <laughs> but on that night, sir... Sure. You were Picasso, because you were you were <laughs> cutting it out, my man. You were doing oh, what you gosh. did. I think the crescendo moment was, and and I, it was just a very free form moment. Was you all right, all right. basically deep throating thirty seconds, deep throating a beer as you did like a yoga position where you you did basically like the serpent position and you took a beer from the floor. And craned it up to the top of the the ceiling there, and just drank that beer down. And they in a excellent show of uh, of dancemanship, <laughs> if you will. Um, well, I, I, I did pull it off though, right? Like I picked it up and this. Yeah, you did just like I, I feel like you think you can drink beer bottles, and then like you underestimate like glass on teeth. It's just not something that happens a I, lot. Like that's dangerous. Yes, and that's the thing I got really concerned for your well-being was is like, oh, if this goes wrong or someone's not paying attention, you're, we're taking you to the hospital and the dentist. Like, yeah, twofer on that one. <laughs> get get your copays ready. Dynamite episode fifteen. Yeah, so we're gonna be traveling next week. We have a episode sixteen. We're gonna be hitting uh, a little bit of the futures of the AFC West. You can hit us at. 
mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, where else are we, brother? Social media. We're on the Instagram, the gram, at mab underscore sports. Check us out. Also, Mr. Brandana, you're on Instagram as well, too. Check him out there as well. How am I doing? How am I doing? You're, you're excellent, sir. You're killing it okay. every day. It's at, it's at Brandon Scott Delaney. I'm trying to ha- holler at our uh, Mavs Sports. I'm just trying to like fan the flame over there. But I, I like what you're doing, brother. It looks good. It looks really good. There you good. go. And we're at Twitter. We're at Twitter at Mav underscore sports. Uh, that's where you can find us. Where If you if you want to hit us with a wolf, with a woof, right, from, from, <laughs> wolf, from the God. office. Good pull. Good pull. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> can us. get us that there, too. We get fax, text, email, you name it. Uh, Mebby Hour is still in full effect. Go ahead and hit up those tabs, send it to us, and we'll come out and you know. Next week, I am Brandana. He is most awesome. Sign yourself off, brother. Call me Ian Zeering because you just got hit with a pod NATO. <laughs> Perfect. See you next week, brother. Later, bro. Fashion.